It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I am here, as always, with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined right now by the host of the new Sirius XM Pandora podcast, Huge Fan, which debuts a new episode every Wednesday. Lachina Robinson, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. Excited to be here with you. Good morning. It's it's so great to have you. First of all, I have to say I'm so I'm so excited about uh, this podcast, but also just tell us about the Olympics because you were at the Olympic. um, You were covering the Olympic Games. I think you were not in Tokyo, but you were covering everything um, with Adam Rippon. And like, I just want to ask you about that before we even go into the podcast. What was that like? How fun was that? Yeah. So first of all, thank you for coming on. Um, I'm sure everyone on the show already know how amazing you are, but you were definitely one of our best segments. Thank you. Um, So I actually wasn't. I I, I traveled to Tokyo. Oh, you were Um, there? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I I should have seen this on your Instagram, but I must not have been Yeah, so I was there. Um, And (laughs) that's number one, is that obviously not very many people were allowed to travel to the Olympics. There were no fans in the building. So I think I felt so honored to just have the opportunity to watch these incredible athletes, right? And because there was really no one there, we were walking into venues with no no weight, no crowd, and like sitting right in front of the beam before Simone Biles performed. Like it (laughs) was ridiculous. Um, but it was my first Olympics and I didn't know what to expect. Everything just felt amazing. Right. And there are probably people who have been, and and there were, even with NBC, oh, this is my fourth Olympics. This is my fifth Olympics who were like, oh, you know, we have this two week quarantine and we can't really go out and see Tokyo. But for me, um, you know, I was really just, and I'm obviously a a former athlete, but I just wanted to see these performances and they were amazing. Like you see Mm -hmm. Katie Ledecky in the pool and you go to the track and you see Sydney McLaughlin. Um, and so that part was great. Now, yes, it, we didn't get to see as much of Tokyo as we would have liked with the two week quarantine, but um, it was it was a blast. You know, jet lag wasn't fun coming back, but I, I really <laughs> had an awesome time. And Adam Rippon is such an amazing guy. Like you never know what to expect when you're yeah. meeting someone for the first time and you're expected to go live with them every Ooh. night for like 21 straight days. Right. <laughs> um, but we were on Twitter, you know, every morning here in the U S like 10 30 yeah. AM, but it was 10, it was 11 30 PM in Tokyo time. So we had the late night crew. We were at the end of the day after all the events were over and so primetime obviously wasn't running to the next day. So a lot of people would jump on Twitter just to kind of hear some of our recaps. Yep. But it was it was fun. I mean, I, I had an amazing time. I love the so Olympics. It's cool. one of my favorite things. Yes. Oh well, yeah. OK, so this is this is why. I, OK, so I am I am not a sports fan. I enjoy <laughs> sports, but mostly I enjoy um I enjoy our collective enjoyment of sports, which is why I'm actually really excited about your podcast because you 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 are focusing on my only way into sports, which is other people's fandom. 
<laughs> like I get excited by other people's enthusiasm. Like if somebody can explain to me the politics of like why we need the Pistons to beat the Lakers or like why the Yankees are the evil empire, then I am on board. Like I want to watch this, <laughs> but I need, I need somebody else's enthusiasm in order to drag me into it. <laughs> Was that part of the thinking behind like showcasing celebrity fandoms? It was because uh-huh. ac- actually, you know, Jess, even though I, I did, I'm a former basketball player and I, I love the sport of basketball. I don't know a lot about the NHL, the NFL, mm-hmm. MLB, and we cover all of that. And so some of my hesitancy when I got the pitch for this was just like, I really only know basketball well. So how am I going to talk to these people and be an expert about their sport? And that's the thing. I don't have to be the expert. I they are. That. And when I tell you these celebrities know everything about their sports teams, like I kind of just sit back <laughs> and get to learn and kick my feet up and you, you use the right term enthusiasm. They are so enthusiastic about their teams. They have game day routines. They have these, you know, I mean, this oh is God, for some that. of these, yeah, for some of these celebrities, this goes back like generations of, of how this fandom was passed down. It's obsessive. It's amazing. And it's cool to see people that we think are cool and like, you know, you know, that we, that we fan girl after to see them really fan after their sports teams. The first episode is um, Anthony Ramos, who we all love from Hamilton and in the Heights and many things. I mean, I think he's also in blind spotting the new TV show on stars, which I am obsessed with. Um, And his fandom is the Brooklyn Nets, which is, you know, newish because the Nets were New Jersey first, but he was, he goes back to, when they were the New Jersey Nets. Um, So talk about what it was like to to see that side or to hear that side from him, because I mean, I don't I don't have any insight into what his personality is like because he's a good actor. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, this is a side you just don't even get to see. Oh, my goodness. Um, He's amazing. I I was his biggest fan on She's Gotta Have It. I thought Mars should have been Nola mm. Darling selection for her. For yes, her I agree. But, oh, um, facts. That's facts. <laughs> yes. Facts. But he was just so great to talk to. You know, I mean, everything that you see in him as an actor is, I mean, he's 10 times the person. And that's kind of the cool part, too, is you pull back the veil. And, you know, these celebrities aren't talking about their new project for an entire mm-hmm. uh, entire podcast or, you know, something that one side that we're used to seeing of them, like they go back to their childhood and memories they had growing up. So with him... You know, just to your point of of some people don't really understand all the intricacies of fandom. Being a Brooklyn Nets fan is like, (laughs) that just doesn't happen. Okay. New Yorkers just don't become Brooklyn Nets fans for several reasons. Number one is obviously the Knicks are the biggest team. The Madison Square Garden is the basketball mecca. So if you live in New York, the expectation is you are absolutely going to be right. A Knicks fan. You're a Knicks fan. And for him to be not only just a Nets fan, but started with the <laughs> New Jersey Nets. Right. Is, you just don't do that. Like, it is the biggest. You, you just, please do not. Um, and so, but what's interesting about it, and he has great stories about, you know, how it came about. And, you know, he was kind of that guy that latched on to a star, Jason Kidd at the time, who, you know, was someone that he just has still really looked up to. But the, the crazy part is the Nets are now in Brooklyn, right? Like, who would have seen that happen back when he was growing up and they were in Jersey? Like, they've moved to Brooklyn, so they're legit New York. 
And they have one of the best teams in the NBA now. Like Kevin Durant plays for this team, right? So it is the it was it's just the craziest story for a fan because it's the best scenario you could have ever asked for. And he was just so generous and, and kind of talking about, you know, his his growing up in New York and what basketball means to him. He was an athlete growing up. So that those are the other kind of stories that I think are cool that come out in the podcast. For sure. I'm sure it's also a lot of family stuff. Like I like sports fandom is inherited for the most part, right? Like yes. it's not so you're probably you're probably getting some insight into how these people grew up, like what their value systems are, like how yeah. they interact with their family members. It's all part of sports. Yeah. So Ashley Judd was an interesting one in that perspective because she is a huge Kentucky Wildcats yes. fan, loves their men's yes. basketball program. And so her her memories go back to like her great grandfather and sitting by the radio listening. This is like before basketball was on television and listening to radio calls of Kentucky men's basketball. And another interesting thing about Ashley's interview, and this is again, when you realize how big fans they are was the day we were doing her interview, um, you know, as they were getting her set up, you know, you could kind of see, it looks like she was in a room, maybe even a bedroom, you know, we kind of, and we don't have a, have a video um, component to our podcast so it's really only audio but people do they're kind enough to get on the video and so we're, we're kind of watching and I'm looking and I'm like she looks like she's in the bed right so I'm just watching her and then I hear like some coughing so this was before COVID I, I believe we recorded this but anyway long story short she ends up telling us that she has bronchitis and she's like you know been really sick and you can hear it in her voice like on the podcast you're like okay she's got a scratchy voice but it, it appears that she's in her room doing this interview and i just say right away i'm like ashley thank you so much for doing this you know i was like i i understand that you're under uh, the weather and she said lachina i would never miss an opportunity to talk about my wildcats <laughs> she had set uh, she had set this all up in her room like in her bed you know like recovering oh from bronchitis and was going to absolutely get on that interview. But she's one that is a generational fan. Um, but then you have someone like Darius Rucker, who's a Miami Dolphins fan that, you know, I think I can't remember what team everyone in his family was for, but he went against the team that everyone in his family was cheering for. So he's kind of like the odd guy out. So you do have like rarely those scenarios. How well. does that happen? I know. He said he was watching. I don't know. He 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 just remembers distinctly watching, you know, the Miami Dolphins play one day. He said he was like five or six years old. He was really young. And his family was all playing for this, uh, cheering for this other team. And he was like, he kind of felt bad. You know, he's like, you yeah. know, he said he gets kind of, you know, he liked their colors, he's like their look. I mean, when you're a kid, you're those are the kind of things. you're. Oh, I'm at, a Mets right? fan because Daryl Strawberry's last name was Strawberry. See, that's <laughs> <it>. like, <laughs> that is my know. strongest held fandom. And that is the origin story. <laughs> yeah, you never know how it happened. But yeah, but it was so weird. So he just started cheering for the Dolphins and it, it stuck with him. And now he's passing on that to his his family, you know, Ooh. like so it, it kind of is a change to your tradition, which is rare as well. The Dolphins do have good colors. They do. Honestly, though, when they I was do. little, I swear I like teams because of their colors and not or like because of their uniforms. Or because yeah. my dad was from Philadelphia, and so I was not allowed to like specific teams. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I could not like the Knicks. I was not allowed to like the Lakers or the Boston Celtics. It was very specific. Oh, yeah. Like, all of those are off limits for sure. Yeah, you can't like any of those. And so, I mean, but that, that was passed down um, because my dad is a basketball coach, high school basketball coach. Um, and so growing up, not not only was... 
I sort of like the little kids sitting next to their coach dad, like yelling at the TV, you know, like yelling at the refs, you know, all of that, like that whole vision. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was, I like took that into my adulthood and I still hate the same teams. Like to this day, and I don't even watch as much basketball, but I still hate the Knicks. <laughs> like I don't even care. It's like, it's like I don't even care. They could they could put my favorite play. The only player like I might change my mind for like it was hard when LeBron went to the Lakers because I was like Neh. you know I don't <laughs> like I can't I like can't root for them. It's in my genes, but I like really like LeBron James as a player, yeah. and so that's hard for me. And I've I've definitely had fandoms for players more so than teams so it's always so fascinating to me to hear people who are like i'm obsessed with this one team and i have so many folks in my family who are like they have that game day ritual on steelers game day like they have the jerseys they have like the chair they sit in and the cup they drink out of and like it is very intense i mean did you sort of glean any insight into like basically these famous people and their fandoms like it's just like everybody else they get just as geeked out (laughs) as just like everyone else it is so funny yeah it is i mean you know for us you know at least for me i mean you guys are celebrities but um you know for me it's like i'm (laughs) I'm planning planning for game day is like oh you know i'm gonna go to this game and am i gonna catch the train or am i gonna drive and you know i have an extra ticket who am i gonna invite but for yeah. like Michael Bublé is like, I'm rescheduling <laughs> my entire concert to make sure that I can make it to a good enough game, you know? So funny. Uh, wow. You know, if they're advancing. And so it's a totally different level. But to your point about some of the just game day rituals and superstitions, and by the way, Michael Bublé does have an ice rink in, in his basement. So that's, that's mm-hmm. just that's the next one level. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have guessed Moore, that. Yeah, no guess. yeah, no one does. Um, but Tracy Morgan's like, you know, I've been going to the same ticket holder for 20 years. So he will only go through the same like gate when he goes to see New York giants and he gives his ticket to the same person. And, you know, I mean, they just have, it's, it's so interesting to hear about those little nuances that they feel like, like make or break their team success, because that's the wild thing about fandom is we all think we have some sort of control, right? I love that. If I watch the game, they're going to win. If I wear these socks, <laughs> they're going to win. If, so you know, if, if, if I'm in the building, if I sing the national anthem, because that's the other thing is we've got so many of our guests who have, sung the national anthem at at these games and they've met the teams and they know the owners. And so, you know, they're just so they're in so deep with it. Um, And, and yeah, they absolutely like are like you and I, when it, when it comes to whatever it is we're obsessed about, even if it's not sport, like, you know, that thing that just, you know, has you up all night, you know, just like (laughs) thinking about it in anticipation of it happening, whether it's a Broadway show or your favorite concert, whatever that may be. It's um, it's really cool to see. Can, can I ask a question about gatekeeping? Because I feel like this is probably, like when I was a kid, I was into sports. I was a Knicks fan. I was a Mets fan. I could have told you what was going on with like the various players. I had major feelings about Pat Riley. Like I, I actually, I watched games regularly. I liked it. And then I hit about, I don't know, 13. And, and sports started to get complicated. And, and saying I was a Mets fan meant that I was going to get a bunch of questions that I may or may not be able to answer about the Mets. So eventually, <laughs> I just, I just kind of stopped. Like, yeah. 
is that something that you run into a lot with women or like is is there are we better at the gatekeeping issue than we used to be surrounding sports because I've sort of taken myself out of the conversation but I would like to think that 13 year old me now would be able to handle that kind of gatekeeping about her fandom yeah I mean it's tough you know when you're first of all when you're a teenage girl right, right. because for a very long time, we were made to feel even somewhat uncomfortable for liking sport, for wanting to be a part of sport. You know, there were already there were already assumptions made about us if we were sports fans as as women. Um, I do think that sport also for a very long time was made more accessible to men. So it was, you know, whether it was in marketing or in advertising for a long time, they weren't targeting us. So it, it, right. it is very you know, it makes perfect sense that a teenage girl would kind of lose her way in it all, even if you did want to be a crazy fan. But I think it's okay to be a casual fan now. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I do think there was once a time when that was not acceptable. Um, but I think because our world has changed so much, I mean, you know, with social media and everything on our phones, like we're distracted. Fans aren't as dedicated to, in my opinion, as they used to be. Like you can be a fan from afar on Twitter and claim that you're a Lakers fan and never have had to attend a game. You know, there was once a time when you would have to be in an arena to really know and understand some of the intricacies. But, you know, with the Internet and all the information that's readily available to us around fandom, anyone can be a fan. And, and there are various levels of, of fandom now. So I would like to think that we've grown a bit in that and become more inclusive um it you know for all levels of fandom because now everyone no matter where you live you know I can live on the east coast and be a fan of a team on the west like it's just much easier to um you know just be informed and, and stay on top of what's happening around sport I love it democratize sports it's yeah. one of the great it's one of the great unifiers that we have the China Robinson uh, I hope everybody listens to your podcast huge fan am I saying that correctly it has three U's yes huge. that was great okay. Excellent. <laughs> I like how you perform that that Thank for you. your high school education yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm just again. trying to get the spelling right the three U's huge you every Wednesday so thank good. you so much thank you guys for having me thank you anytime Thank you all so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Zerlina Maxwell, at Jess underscore MC, and at Signal Boost Show.